Guys, give me two claps and a Ric Flair. Woo! Welcome back to Pub Sports Talk. I'm fired up. It's Feel Good Friday or Satisfied Saturday, Savory Sunday, whatever day you're listening to. I'm fired up regardless because this show is on point this week. We have a special guest from Pure Spectrum CBD with us. He's in. He's joining us for the entire show. It's a little bit longer of an episode, but it's worth it. Trust me. The good dudes have even better news coming. You're going to want to remember this code. Write it down. PUB20. P-U-B-2-0. Write that down. You're going to want to use that. Trust me. Just find out at the later part of the episode. Just trust us on that. Guys, Chalk Full Show, we have an amazing interview. We're going to talk about UConn canceling its fall sports. D2, D3 programs doing the same thing. What does that mean for college sports? Are we in trouble? Oh, man, I hope not. It feels like sports are finally coming back. NHL playoffs. NBA playoffs. We're going to tell you if our picks are safe or should we switch teams. MLB, does it look like our teams are doing well or not? We have all that, plus Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. stepping back in the ring. We got it covered for you. Grab a cold one. Sit back and relax. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Puff Sports Talk, episode 11 coming at you. We're back-to-back weeks with a special guest. This week, we have a 16-year veteran of the news producing industry. He won six Emmys during that 16-year career there. He also worked on a successful governor campaign with Governor Meade over in Wyoming. He's the current chief marketing officer over at Pure Spectrum CBD. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Seth Wagner. Seth, thanks so much for hopping on with us, man. What? Give us a little bit more information about yourself. If I didn't touch on it in the intro. Um, yeah, like you said, 16 years in TV, uh, which actually brought me out to North Carolina. Uh, I was one of the youngest executive producers in NBC history uh, out in Raleigh. Um, and then ended up after 16 years, kind of flipped and went into politics. Like you said, I worked on Governor Meade uh, for his uh, second term. And then uh, started my own thing. I wanted to work for myself. And I literally said I'd never work for anybody else again. Uh, and then I was running my own company and produced a commercial for Pure Spectrum. Uh, went out to the games two years ago today. I was at the games with them, sort of partying and hanging out time two years ago that I sort of realized this is what I wanted to be doing. This was the role I wanted. Um, they had a marketing director at the time, but I could tell he liked partying more than working. Uh, so I just sort of waited my turn, but kind of created this reality. And uh, lucky enough today to have a business partner in Brady Bell, my uh, CEO. Uh, I own part of the company now. Uh, which was always the goal when I got into this. And so now, uh, yeah, being a partner and just kind of on this mission to expose as many people uh, to CBD as possible, especially in this uh, athletic realm. Dude, that's what's up. I'm a big crossfitter. These guys dabble in a little bit. Uh, so we're super jealous of you spending the games uh, in 2018 there. That was a fun games to watch. Yeah, well, and it's – I was really, really into CrossFit from like 2013 to about that time, like 2019. I don't do it currently, but for about six years, it was, I started a, an apparel company in that world called Wild Strong um, that I would vend at events. Uh, I competed up to like 14 to 20 times a year just to constantly be out there uh, pushing that brand. Uh, but yeah, I don't do it anymore. Jiu-Jitsu and CrossFit have always kind of like been one the other for you can't afford both Jesus. yeah they're a little expensive hobbies yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh about a year ago 
go kind of transition back that i got in jujitsu first um doing a story on like mma and and that culture uh i was always a big ufc fan so it was sort of like got into that and then when i moved to north carolina actually i, I couldn't find a uh, a jujitsu gym that really appealed to me and my brother was like you should try crossfit and i ended up at sua sponte with john doe that's a good group of guys over there. I, I like Sue Esponte a lot. Still very tight with a good handful of that. As it should be, as it should be. John's got the outlaw Wayne stuff, and that's pretty big time. It's taken off for him, it seems like. <laughs> Speaking of CrossFit, last thing we'll talk about it. Is Pure Spectrum the official CBD of CrossFit Games? It seems like every big-time athlete is attached to you guys somehow. Um, well, no, in the sense of every year at the games, they sort of transition who's coming in at partner level, vendor, sponsor. Um, in 18, we were the first cannabis company for games, but there is no just like set exclusive uh, CBD. We're the only one that have been a partner before. We are the exclusive CBD product of Team USA. We are the exclusive CBD uh, brand for USA Triathlon, USA Weightlifting now as well, both of them. That's awesome. You kind of touched on it. Pure Spectrum was founded in 2015. You guys are over in Evergreen, Colorado, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. That's why my Wi-Fi is a little spacey, but because uh, we're, yeah, we're up in the mountains. Everything's satellite delay, but you have to sign a two-year lease on the equipment, and there's no other companies up here. It's total monopoly. Oh. <laughs> Dude, that's wild. Uh, you being over Colorado, what's what's some of your favorite things to do over there, Seth? Snowboarding, skiing, hiking? Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, all winter long. Yeah, all winter, um, snowboarding as much as possible. Uh, with everything shut down this year, in the middle of the sea, what was going to be an amazing season, real letdown. Um, because at least 40 days a season, um, my girlfriend grew up up on the mountain her father right down the road from here long camping hiking took my kid down to telluride camping try to get out even if just for the weekend but just as much shit outdoors as you can you know that's why you live here absolutely i'm like mad yeah yeah very similar to north carolina in in certain aspects and y'all got the beach yeah There's a lot, it seems like there's a lot of CBD and hemp oils out there in the market today, all projecting to be for athletes or or for active lifestyle. What makes Pure Spectrum different? Um, Well, like I was saying, uh, yeah, my CEO, Brady, really saw this, uh, the credibility aspect um, of this marketplace and how important that was going to be in CBD. So what better way, you know, when people ask, you know, uh, am I going to fail a drug test? What better way than to say we have 200 professional athletes who are drug tested all year long who have never failed a test? Uh, my brother is an FAA air traffic controller, takes our products with confidence because he knows that all these athletes have been tested. So uh, it was really an awesome way for us to gain credibility. Uh, but to kind of answer your question, like what makes ours different? It, ours isn't just a story. Everyone can tell the story of our farm, seed to sale, transparency, third-party tests. But like, when you actually go partner with a professional sports organization or partner with an Olympic NGB, you can't just have a story. It has to stand up. And so I think that's been the biggest difference for us is we, ours isn't just a story. 
For sure. I mean, when you're, when you're back in Team USA and USAW, I mean, they take drug testing to the next level. Mm-hmm. You're staying true to it. Absolutely. You're staying tall. Yeah, absolutely. Nope. So, Seth, thanks again for being on the podcast. Uh, I had some questions uh, regarding just kind of the use of CBD. Uh, doing my due diligence mm-hmm. as far as, you know, what the effects of CBD are and um, mm-hmm. The largest thing I found was the transparency. As you mentioned, it's not really FDA regulated because it's technically a mm-hmm. supplement. And so the largest mm-hmm. thing is, you know, what are you taking? Do you know exactly what you're taking? Yeah. Um, Can you so, trust that label? Yeah. So I, I really appreciate that you also put the test results right on the website. Mm-hmm. Each batch, you know, it's very yep. transparent. You see what you're getting. And you can QR code. Now we have the QR code because some states require that too. So you can literally just scan that QR code and see those test results for the actual product you buy. That is awesome. It, I mean, you're really setting up the consumer for like ease of access to really know where their product's coming from. Uh, yeah. So guess- and, and we thought it was important to do that because as you said, with the FDA not stepping in and providing guidance and regulation, we wanted to make sure that we were holding ourselves, our, our company to a standard far higher than the FDA could ever come in. So we we want FDA regulation because we know it's going to get rid of a lot of the pretenders. But when you're playing by the rules and holding yourself to a standard like we do, you, you want those regulations. Yeah, I completely agree. I think you guys are really uh, taking that step forward. And because, you know, I, I've looked at some research and uh, the, the thing that's really missing is that those randomized control, ta- sorry, those randomized control trials. And those are really what mm-hmm. sets other things apart and without FDA regulation and knowing the, uh, the exact values, it's really tough. But let me go ahead and get mm. to the question. You had already made mention of all uh, the sponsored teams, Team USA, for these athletes, these elite athletes. Uh, what do you see them use your product for the most? Yeah, great question. Uh, these guys, you know, when you're talking about CrossFitters, weightlifters, MMA fighters, you know, the one thing they all have in common is they're really, really – putting their bodies to the test every day, really pushing the limits. And so what we've seen on the athletic side, I mean, as wide ranging as the uses for CBD are, if I had to pick one, it's, it's like definitely that reducing the inflammation, um, using them as recovery products, taking the oil every day, but then supplementing, adding in, you know, something like our black label recover salve, which is a thousand milligrams of CBD, uh, our most uh, potent salve that we have the 2000 milligram ones, uh, lotion topical, sorry. So usually it's using that oil every day is like the everyday. And then whether it's the bath soaks or other topicals or the isolate as needed, uh, mostly what we see is, yeah, that, that after the hard training day, um, and using them as recovery products. Noel Olson, last year at the games, finished runner-up to Matt Frazier. Uh, He kind of famously said, famously to us, (laughs) said that one of the biggest differences between the years prior was that he was using our black label cover every single night, just slathering it all over his body. So That's awesome. Yeah, uh, thanks for for bringing that point up. it, it's great that uh, we're seeing some of this new evidence come out for like inflammatory markers and joint pain. 
And it's mm-hmm. kind of like uh, you guys are kind of leading the way almost and setting that precedent, of course, once they have, uh, as we mentioned, the FDA regulations and, and set amounts mm-hmm. of, of uh, CBD. It's, yeah, it's, it, I think it's one of those things where an elite athlete, you're really trying to find something that gives you the edge. And it sounds like yeah. uh, your product is that. Well, and, and, you know, it's, it's, we are lacking in, in the studies and the research. And, um, and it's unfortunate that we are because the reason behind that is a hundred years of prohibition and racism and, and just a whole lot of other factors uh, to how they sort of demonized this plant and demonized anything to do with it. And so we really were robbed of about a hundred years of, of potential research, certainly in this country. Um, if you ever wanted to research anything with cannabis pre, you know, during that period of time, you'd partner up with a university and you'd, su- you'd submit your application. But if you had this guy famously submitted paperwork to do a study on THC's impact on sleep uh, as a sleep aid, and he kept getting it refused and until someone told him, oh, you have to say as an impact on as like a, a, a negative. You can't put in paperwork saying you're, study- you're doing this research to study a positive aspect of cannabis. You have to study a negative, and then they'll approve it. And sure enough, they did. So we were really robbed of all that science, and it's going to be pretty amazing, I think, uh, as we peel back the layers. We're really just stra- scratching the surface on all the cannabinoids and, and the benefits they can have on us. Yeah, that's also a good point. Um, so coming from more of the healthcare side of the field, there's definitely this mm. negative stigma with uh, CBD, uh, as you mentioned, sure. cannabis. And we're kind of at that turning point, I think, where we're starting to see uh, this new evidence that says, yeah, it's, some of this stuff helps with chronic pain. Some of this stuff helps with neuropathy or sleeping mm-hmm. disorders. We see it uh, have an effect on anxiety. And so it's just. Well, look at the of, government's own patent. Or the government's own patent on CBD. Yeah, they, that they've they had just, for years. Yeah, they just. Um, uh, was it 2018 where they? I think they filed for an uh, anti-seizure medication that. Uh, yeah, well, that's uh, that's epidiolex. That's that's yeah. epidiolex. Um, that's the that's the RX prescription approved. Yeah. Um, CBD for yes, uh, as you said, uh, child seizures like Dravet syndrome and, and epilepsy. Um, but the government has had a patent. Some, a, a lot of people don't even know this. They have a patent on CBD from years back where they actually lifted the powerful anti-inflammatory uh, neuroprotectant properties, potential to treat or prevent Alzheimer's. You know, all of these things need more research. I'm not trying to say it can do all these things, but it's, I, I am excited by the fact that people our age or more your age are the ones who are coming up and they're more open-minded to this. They don't carry the same sort of negative uh, stigma uh, in their head about weed. So it's, it's encouraging to me to, to think about where we could end up. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree. Thanks for clarifying some of those points. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Reading through the site and, you know, just learning y'all's story. One of the biggest things that resonated with me, I come from uh, like a farmer background. My grandpa was a sweet potato farmer. Um, my uncles and all these other family members grew up working in the tobacco farms in North Carolina. Right. Uh, so, I mean, this was, this has been great. Uh, it was awesome to learn that, you know, y'all are backing the farmer, which seems to be a, uh, lost art these days. It seems that yeah. they're getting cut out. 
uh, a lot of the time. Well, and um, no, they definitely are, and it's happening with hemp too. Uh, you know, and and that's something. Brady, my partner, he grew up in Ulysses, Kansas. Um, our CFO, same thing, grew up in rural Kansas. Uh, I grew up working. You know, I spent summers working ranches in in Wyoming. We're definitely Brady is committed to bringing back that million dollar farmer where you're not having to take huge tech subsidies from the government to grow corn. Um, we can go in, you know, it, it, these, but right now the processing facilities, there's an, a glut of raw material because a lot of people started growing hemp. There's not enough processors out there to handle all that. So these processors are basically gutting the farmers with these real predatory like splits on, on the goods and shit. So like, we see it as a huge problem in the industry and Brady is definitely somebody who's real passionate about changing that uh, and bringing back that, that real richness to ag in this country. Yeah. That's huge for just, but me personally, I mean, that's just one thing that I remember is just like my grandpa and then like all these farmers struggling growing up, you know, having Mm -hmm. Mortgage their house and do all this other stuff just to make sure oh, that they're killing themselves. A, yeah, the suicide killing rate themselves. is crazy high. Yeah, um, I, w- I was just watching the last couple of Yell- uh, episodes of that show Yellowstone. Some rancher killing himself. That shit happens every day. Um, they get taken advantage of. Farmers in this country have just been beaten down, uh, and and we think hemp can change that. And if we do it the right way, and brands like us take that responsibility to do it the right way, I think we can see that return and see hemp fields all in all these places where normally it used to be corn for, you know, high fructose corn starch. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, moving on to uh, my question, uh, where do you see uh, your company, not necessarily CBD, like as a whole or hemp as a whole, where do you see your company growing? Like, I know you mentioned like you were in the political field and uh, the mm-hmm. FDA reg isn't regulating it. Do you see that something your company pushing is like being like the forefront of uh, trying to get this stuff regulated more and making sure that you're, you're really yeah. weeding out the, uh, the, the pretenders, things. the people yeah, are the doing it the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. You know, we definitely, and we have, we've proven this over the last few years too. I mean, we view ourselves as a successful company in this um, in, in an emerging uh, industry that's moving so quickly. Every day it's changing. Um, we view the fact that we're a larger company that's been at it a lot longer. There's over 3,000 CBD companies out there right now. And, you know, another 100 probably started today. So we view ourselves <laughs> as being a leader in the industry to take on these roles and responsibilities to make sure we're guiding the industry in the, in the right way. One of the ways we did that, it cost us a lot of money, but when the United States Postal Service started seizing CBD packages and seized 53 of ours, wrongly, this is federally legal derived by their own standards with paperwork, Department of Ag paperwork, and we got 53 packages seized. So we, instead of doing what we would have had to do a year before when we were a little company, we had a little bit of money. We had lawyers. So we sued the federal government. We sued the United States Postal Service. And we won. So, like, nobody beats them. So we definitely (laughs) view that responsibility um, in in all ways. So, yeah, you know, to specifically answer your question, 
when it comes to regulation, we're pushing for that. We want that um, because we know, I mean, uh, selfishly, we know that it's going to eliminate a ton of competition. But also when you're just thinking about the market, this industry as a whole, uh, it'll be great for that too because there'll be more trust, uh, more consumer protections. Uh, you know, right now, dude, I'm not going to say the company, but, you know, there's these drink companies out there right now. Everybody wants to do a CBD drink, but they don't know anything about water-soluble CBD and how it reacts to different materials. So this new company came out with a new shiny CBD drink. We ordered a case and tested it. Zero. Zero CBD. Because wow. they don't know that it bonds to the aluminum. It can't. So there's CBD in it. But it's like, how, how do you protect the consumer from take, buying cases of, you know, this of these products and thinking they're taking people use this as medicine you cannot be that irresponsible and just dosing your stuff you know companies dosing stuff with spice and k2 people are like oh i really feel my cbd i, I bet you do you're high as shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah it's just not fair it's not fair to the customer absolutely not yeah, that's that's great to hear, and it's you know it's always good to get that reassurance um, as far as like backing a company or you know we're going to be promoting you guys, and you know it's awesome to hear that you're on the forefront of this stuff. Uh, you're doing right by the consumer as well as yep. the person that is going to be essentially getting the materials, uh, the farmer. So yep. it's it's awesome to hear. Thank you for answering. Yep. Yeah, with Devin, that brings me. To my point, uh, Seth, we have you on here, uh, not just as an amazing guest, but we also want to announce our partnership with Pure Spectrum. We get a chance to promote you guys. You guys took a chance on us to allow us to become an affiliate, uh, part of the affiliate program with you guys. Uh, so thank you guys yeah, so much. Absolutely. Uh, we're very, very proud uh, to be supporting you guys, supporting this podcast. And uh, we're very passionate ourselves. Content, I said when I came in, took over this department. Uh, I told the people, I said, stop thinking about this as a marketing department and start thinking about it as a publishing firm. We're putting shit out. We have a reality docu-series. You can watch 13 episodes if you're curious about what life is like at the company, like day-to-day, uh, when we're you know, signing contracts like the USAW. You can go and watch the behind the scenes. When CBS News this morning came down, interviewed Brady and all that, you can go watch all that behind the scenes. We're constantly putting content out. So we love being able to align. Our affiliates are amazing. Our athlete ambassadors is so incredible. But it's nice to get into this new um, sort of avenue with the reads on podcasts because when you find content that people are entertained by uh, and you can very easily say, like, who's listening to the show? Um, would these be people who – would be interested in CBD. And I certainly think uh, you guys line up with that. Uh, so we're, yeah, we're extremely excited. And ready to like the other thing that we kind of bring with us with our deal, it's not just an affiliate deal for you guys. We want to help you grow. We want to do giveaways. We want to do like social media pushes. Uh, we're going to give you guys all those sorts of tools so that you're just as effective at bringing it's good news, gospel of CBD, so to speak, to these people as effectively as we can uh, because you're well educated on the topic and you've been given the resources. So we're very, very proud to uh, affiliate with you guys. 
Awesome. We're, I, we're pumped up too. Code is pub20 and our listeners can use that to get 20% off. You guys are so gracious to our listeners and, and to us as well. And I think that goes back to what you guys stand for as a, as a company. Absolutely. Just trying to, honestly, our mission statement as a company is to improve the quality of, improve people's quality of life, you know, by introducing them, bringing the healing powers of the hemp plant into their lifestyle. Um, that's what we want to do. And the more people that we can reach through avenues like this, uh, the more successful we can be in that. Absolutely. Um, there's not a lot of companies doing 20% off for, for discounts either. So, I mean, that's, that's big time. That's Normal, awesome. Normally we do 10, um, but we'll do like double up days and stuff. But with the podcast and stuff, you know, we're trying new things and, uh, you know, being able to mess around with reads and stuff because it gives us that free flowing every week. We could, you know, I could send you something like, Hey, you know, we're launching this new product or, you know, our affiliate one, you know, and that's the other thing we can, I want to be able to bring our affiliates onto this show. You know, if Megan Anderson has got a title fight coming up or has a big fight in the UFC coming up, I'd love to be able to, you know, bring her on the show and have that out. We have a guy here locally who we just partnered with who does a show and we, um, had Hunter McIntyre on his show the, from the games uh, last year. Uh, we brought him on there, and it was his most downloaded episode of his podcast. So <laughs> definitely looking forward to, you know, doing that and having some fun with our affiliates with you guys. I think that would be a, a really good, cool way that we can help grow each other's brands. Absolutely. We're, we're bumped. We're jacked up for it. Hopefully our listeners are too. I know they are. Let's you kind of led into it. Let's talk about some pro athletes. Uh, in your eyes, who are some of the favorite athletes Pure Spectrum signed, if you're allowed to say? Well, Shannon Sharps, for, for a kid growing up in, you know, Wyoming, That's about right. 80, 80 or 90 miles north of Mile High Stadium. I mean, I don't wear a lot of sports jerseys because I think it's weird to have another dude's name on your back. <laughs> but uh, Shannon Sharp is probably the only picture you can find of me is either going to be Romanowski or 84. So, uh, you know, it was a big deal when we signed him. I haven't gotten to meet him in person. Brady did. But that's pretty hard to top for me personally just because, I mean, what a legend. Changed changed the way the position was played and, uh, you know, Super Bowl champion. And then Steve Weatherford, uh, another Super Bowl champ. More so, he's a punter. But, uh, muscle and Fitness named him the fittest player in the NFL. Dude, jacked. Because uh, he was punting. He punted and pinned the Patriots down inside the two, and the next play in the Super Bowl, Justin Tuck, they got the holding in the end zone, they got the safety, and Tuck took the ball over to Weatherford. And so Weatherford beat the helped beat the Patriots. So I mean, I always got to throw some love his way. Absolutely, <laughs> the dude is like a keg just as a punter. Like he's massive, just jacked. Dude, he's so jacked, it's ridiculous. Every time I get on a Zoom call with this guy. <laughs> He, first of all, he's never going to have a shirt on. And honestly, if I looked like him, I probably wouldn't own a shirt. Oh, no. uh, he's going to be in American flag, like bikini, like Speedos, just walking around his pool in his backyard. The guy's a legend, man. He's, if, you got, if your viewers out there are not familiar with Steve Weatherford, go find him. Go listen to cat. He's a trip, dude. He is a trip. Living legend. I love it. Yeah. Boys, any, anything else? With Pure Spectrum, we ready to get current events. He he answered my biggest stuff, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 ready to trip uh, trip him up on some uh, '90s oh, okay. MLB trivia. Ooh, 
boy, that would be a – I will say this. My favorite trivia moment ever where I, I don't even remember necessarily how I remembered it, but it was a tiebreaker in some bar trivia, and it was baseball. And so I was like, oh, shit, here we go. Got to get this right. And it was who hit the ball that Willie Mays caught over his shoulder in the polo grounds, the catch, who hit that ball. And oh I only goodness. knew it because it was in. I knew it because it was in. Yeah, now you're like, am I going to stump this guy? <laughs> it was Absolutely in, um, not. Ken Burns Major League Baseball 10-part like documentary series, yeah. which I've probably seen like nine times. <laughs> it, wow. it was Vic, Vic Wirtz, by the way. Vic Wirtz hit that ball. Wow. Won me like 500 bucks and a bunch of beers. That's impressive. <laughs> hey, anything for free beer plus 500 bucks on top of that? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Baseball. Always paying for shit. <laughs> uh, before we get to baseball real quick, we've got two short current events thing and get your thoughts on it. The XFL refuses to die. I mean, The Rock just bought it with, with the Redbird Capital uh, Company for $15 million. You think that The a, Rock? Yeah, The Rock. Is that what I saw? Yeah. Uh, you think there's there's a chance it, it lives past a full season? I mean, how no. How old are you? How old are you, how old are you by the way? Uh, we're all 27. So, okay. So, I mean, do you guys remember He Hate Me? I mean, mm-hmm. there's the first the first generation. Oh, yeah. It's like he ended up getting a job in the NFL there for a while, too. But it's like it's just the only way stuff like that can survive, you have such a juggernaut that the only way it can survive is if it's like just admit what it is and don't try to make some, like, crazy extreme Mountain Dew fucking league with a bunch of strippers you know, as your cheerleaders, just call it the developmental league. That's the only way it's going to survive. That's the only way Bellator survives against the UFC. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's viewed as a stop along the way. Uh, Stop trying to make it your own thing. It'll never survive. Uh, The only one we've seen survive and be even quasi successful is when Trump, you know, was just pumping money into the, what was that? AF? What was that called? I can't even remember Trump's league, but I think it was the AFL, yeah. Something like that, yeah. So um, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I think there's some cool things, like the transparency and the review process they brought back and some of the other stuff I like and the NFL can still, but I'm with you. Make it a developmental, developmental league and let's move on with it. Yeah, stop trying to make a bunch of money. Yeah. yeah. See, I, so I'm, I'm a Lions fan, so I know a thing or two about suffering – and I'm a glutton for and, it. And, devel- and developmental leagues. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really want the XFL to succeed, like, so bad. And not because I like the, like the first-gen XFL. I really enjoyed watching some of the, the players from this past attempt. And, and like you said, it, it needs to be some sort of developmental league. I think The Rock – has that connection because you're not going to get Vince McMahon to essentially like take and eat a Roger Goodell. It's just not going to happen. I think, I think the rock could make that connection at least in my like dreams he is. Cause I just, I really want more football, more football's better for everyone. So bring it on, you know, make something happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point I'd say yes to anything. I just want to see some football, but yeah, really. Yeah. Also, the NFL's got to be like the one of the only leagues that doesn't have like a developmental league or like a minor leagues type thing. So, 
I don't understand why they don't push for something like that. Well, because they already have it in college and they don't have to pay them. Yeah. yeah. Fair. That's a good Fair. point. Free labor, you know. They can just break in all that money. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, speaking of college football, UConn's officially announced it's canceled its football season. Uh, yeah. Division two and Division three fall sports are canceled. We've talked about it before, but Seth, college football, is it happening? Yeah. Um, I heard Max Kellerman today just saying, like, it's never going to finish. College football won't finish the season. Neither will the NFL. And neither will Major League Baseball. Um, I disagree. You have this much money on the line. Politics, I think the problem with this is this pandemic has been so politicized that you people are starting to think that if they politically feel a certain way, and that the majority may start to be leaning a certain way about the severity of this, that somehow everyone is going to just be like, yeah, sure, fuck it, here's a couple billion dollars back. Uh, that's not the real world. And they're going to try as best they can to get this through. And I don't think they're going to get pressured, certainly not Goodell. The only way they would get pressured, I think, into doing it is if you just saw a tremendous amount of players opting out. And I think we're we're starting to see that, but it's not nearly as much to to do something about it. Yeah, we had our soft ass right tackle that we overpaid last year, Juwan James. He opted out today, and it was like half half of the team was like, "Oh, cool." I mean, he you know the only people that the Broncos have lost have been you know not not that big name players, but there's gonna be you know there's gonna be big name players who don't who don't come play. Yeah. Uh, you're you're a Denver fan, right? Oh yeah, big time. Is a, is is Lock yeah. the answer? Is a Drew Lock the answer there? Yes, I like it. Drew Lock. Drew Lock this year will get to the playoffs. Uh, probably one and done or losing the first round. Next year, he will battle Mahomes and come up just short in a legendary game that shows everyone this is the next twelve years of the FC West they have to worry about. Uh, he'll come up just short to Mahomes. So, not year three. He'll win the Super Bowl. That's a hot take. That's sizzling. Yeah. Wow. Sizzling. What sold you on him? Was it the rapping young Jeezy on the sideline? or? <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny because partially it is, like, not that, but the swag. Yeah. Like, the kid is not phased by any of this and you see that like crumple kids at quarterback um we wasted a first round pick on Paxton Lynch you know and the kids spent all summer long instead of reading the playbook he was playing Xbox with his cousins and literally didn't know shit about the playbook and got a couple chances wasted three years of the Broncos time um Locke is buried in the playbook when it got a chance to play uh he won he won big. He performed well and, and made his teammates better. Garrett Bowles is the worst left tackle in the league. He's led the league in holding the last three years. He's probably the second best tackler on our team. Uh, <laughs> he is terrible. The last five games of the last year, he was the highest graded tackle by pro football focus in the league because Drew, Drew is not Joe Flacco. He's not a statue standing back there and holding the ball too long. The kid moves well. Uh, 
he extends plays. I think he's the answer. I'm super excited for the first time, you know, since Peyton Manning. You look at the list of people who started in Denver since Peyton, Trevor Simeon is clearly the best one. How sad is that? That guy sucks. That's, that's pretty tough. Saddest thing I've heard all day. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about baseball. Are you, you a big Rockies fan? Um, I, I follow the Rockies, um, but I'm a Yankee fan. Okay, good deal. For sure. Just grew up. My dad was from KC and grew up just bleeding baseball, like loved it. But he was a Mantle fan. So even though they had the Royals, and I grew up going out and watching Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson play, um, you know, seeing George Pratt and stuff. But it was still, it was always the Yankees, which everyone's like, oh, you know, fuck you, Yankee fan, whatever. Here's the thing. I became a Yankee fan when I was like 10 years old. Do you understand how shitty they were back then? Like, we had Don Mattingly and no one else. So I lived through a lot of down years of uh, pinstripes. But, yeah, it's been good lately. They certainly look like an unstoppable wrecking crew this year. So, Unfortunately for the Orioles, they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy, unfortunately for the Orioles, God, that's a line you could uh, just put on repeat. <laughs> yeah, that's just – that's our motto. <laughs> Man, I remember those brawls, though. Remember Armando Benitez? Man, that was like – I don't know, that might predate you, but there was some real good nasty – rivalries between the Orioles when they were good enough to be in the playoffs man yeah, we had some battles yeah that was the Jeffrey Mayer game right yeah the, you guys got robbed on the Jeter home run yes we did reached over and yeah yeah uh, Tony Tarasco playing left field if I remember correctly or right field I'm trying to forget everybody's name on the Orioles that year <laughs> oh that's so depressing but you know that's the thing like Cubs fans too you know, until they finally won. I used to tell my buddy, I'm like, yeah, they suck because the fan base lets them suck. They keep showing up to games. They keep supporting the friends. <laughs> and I'm all about supporting, I'm all about supporting, you know, your team, not being a fair weather fan. But you also got to, as a fan, you got to demand that they put a product on the field. Otherwise, you'll just have the Royals, Cubs. I mean, they've won a few here and there, but it's like just losers every year. Yeah, that's... That was my life as an Orioles fan. Unfortunately, Camden Yards. How'd you end up? How'd you end up? Y'all, beautiful stadium. How'd you end up a Orioles fan? Uh, my grandmother is from Baltimore, and uh, oh god, one of the first teams I played for as like a little kid was like the the Westfield Orioles. So like naturally, yeah, it's the same. I was, like I was the nine first. years old, dude. Yeah, the <laughs> first hat I ever had in Little League. Uh, yeah. was an Orioles hat. <laughs> Did you have the O's hat or the, the bird? That was the bird year. Yeah, yeah bird it like year. A, it was like 90s. <laughs> for me, this would have been like probably 93, maybe. <laughs> I was like 11, yeah. 12 years old. So yeah, yeah. But, yeah, we had, the, we had the birds growing up. And uh, that's just how I became a, the, the fan of the Orioles. Right on. I got to see Ripken play. Uh uh, at a game in KC, I definitely treasure that memory of one of the all-time greats. I always love being able to, like, say I saw, you know, somebody play in person. Uh, you know, it's cool, especially now, like, I never saw Jordan in person. So I was watching Last Dance. I'm like, God, how did I let that happen? I think there's a lot yeah. of people out there. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. kicking their chairs right yeah. now. Like. Yeah. 
It's like, damn it, I should have gone and seen him play. But I've seen a lot of greats, though. I've seen a lot of greats. I saw McGuire hit number 46 from, oh, wow. from the 70 year. Just craziest day. You want to talk expectations? He came up that year, so he was sitting on 45. It's like July. And uh, he comes up, and everybody's on their feet cheering. By the time he's, like, walking up to the plate, waiting for him to hit a home run. He hit, he ropes a double down the line. A smattering of booze, I shit you not, for a double. Next time he came up, like, at 462 feet off the dead center scoreboard. That documentary was one of the best – documentaries in my opinion i just which one there's nothing the uh, mcguire stoes all oh, about uh, yeah 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 oh god about, it's incredible yeah it was just it was just basically an hour of nothing but just them hitting bombs just and raking was, god. yeah incredible. I, li- I lived it man it was amazing it was so fucking amazing i mean every day people were like calling friends and shit did so say that one what about mcguire <laughs> that was like the daily update was who hit a home run it was insane just watching those guys just rake. I'll never forget, man. I always wanted to be a sportscaster. That was like my dream growing up was to be like Bob Costas. And uh, I would like announce my brothers when they were playing video games and shit. But I just used it as a way to like talk shit to them. <laughs> we're called on Perfect. by the coach here going for it on fourth and six from their own 20 my brother gets so pissed at me but I'll, so i'll never forget i remember listening to joe buck i'm pretty sure it was joe buck called 62 uh, that year and i remember thinking to myself like you're going into that game and you're preparing yourself because you're going to get to make that call it's going to live on forever and you know, he probably prepared a really big, like, line, you know, or whatever, some awesome call. But 62 ends up being a line drive screamer that was gone out of there in, like, two and a half seconds. Yeah. And so when he hit it, Joe Buck just said, there it goes. Is it enough? Gone. That's all he guys had time to say. And I was like, God, you probably planned that out for weeks. And then just got <laughs> robbed. He wanted some towering shot where he could – throw some poetic reference in there nope <laughs> sorry joe just just a piss missile yep oh man it was a screamer i watched him take bp that game that i saw him hit that home run we sat out in big mac land in the upper deck and left dude he's hitting up, hit him over our heads like six in a row over my head that's that's 492 golly where i was sitting damn dropping bombs god steroids that was a good old days <laughs> steroid era the beautiful yeah. day of baseball yeah you know what else they call that the entertaining era exactly yeah, no joke i i want to see the freak show i don't i don't want to tune into the crossfit games and see some guy doing fran at a time that i can do that's not impressive i want to see the best athletes in the world on the best shit doing crazy getting weird i want to see very <laughs> yeah, i want to see what very I want to see what Barry Bonds can do, you know, with like HGH and shit coursing through his veins. That's what I pay to see. I don't give. I love it. I love PDs. I think they should. I think they should just be allowed, like, hey, we, which they were in baseball, basically. <laughs> we've talked about it before on here. Like we're all for, especially in baseball. You're not really hurting anybody. You want to juice up, man? Go for it. I want to see some 600 yeah. home run feet. You're like, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. 
I mean, can you imagine Aaron Judge just roided out of his mind? Oh my God, yeah. he could hit it 600 feet probably. Yeah. Oh, for I've sure. never, I've never heard a, I've never heard a baseball crack the way it does when he hits it. Never in my life. He just like <laughs> flicks his wrist. Him and Stanton, that's a, that's terrifying as a pitcher to have to face them too. Yeah, Stanton is a, a dark horse. Like oh everybody, everybody talks up Judge, but I th- Stanton is the man. Dude, if they're both if they're both hot, and then the young kids they have on that team, it's boy, I wouldn't want to be in the AL East for like the next decade. No, like the Orioles. I'm, I'm living in it. <laughs> <laughs> At least I get a front row seat of watching greatness. Okay, so baseball's been awesome. Everybody's throwing at the Astros. We go to uh, Joe Kelly, who is obviously the uh, MVP of the people's hearts this year. Uh, He got suspended, what was it, eight games, which is like ridiculous ridiculous because the Astros didn't get like anything for their whole cheating scandal. I hope everybody continues to pitch at the Astros. Moving on. Marlins, uh, COVID scare is over, and they returned last night and beat the piss out of the Orioles. Sad face. Um, uh, Early case for MVP, obviously Judge and uh, your boy for the Reds, Parker uh, Castellanos. Yes, sir. Um, Yep. Cespedes quits, and everybody thought he died. Weird little (laughs) bit of – Weird little time frame in baseball. Mike, uh, or not Mike, Braves ace uh, Soroka is out for the season. He, like, tore his Achilles trying to ground a baseball. So, I think the Braves are probably done for this year, more than likely. Cy Young, I'm going to go ahead and guess Shane Bieber. He's had 35 Ks in three outings. He's 3-0, and he has a 0.89 ERA. If you don't love baseball or know anything about it, just look up this dude throwing his uh, curveball or his fastball. The dude is one of the nastiest pitchers Filthy. in the game right now. And nope. uh, Yankees, Dodgers is who I'm still betting on for the World Series. But, sorry, Seth, I'm still putting my money on the Dodgers to win it all. Well, you can dream on <laughs> hater <laughs> not a hater not a hater but um, my, one of my good buddies is one of the biggest Dodgers fans on the east coast for whatever reason yeah. and uh, he gives me all the updates so I, I try to follow them the Orioles and then just whoever else is hot um, any any guesses on uh, who you think is going to win MVP there Seth um, uh, man, it's pretty hard not to say judge at this point. Uh, yeah. but you know, you know, I honestly think if the season continues, I think we're probably going to look at 2020 as the what if year, yeah. how many home runs yeah. would a judge hit? Uh, yeah. what records would he have smashed? He just seems in a sprint season where for the first time, really baseball, you know, that daily game matters. Um, it really feels like whoever is a great player who starts out fast is just gonna is just gonna rip. And he nobody started out. I mean that guy is just locked in right now. So 
it's hard not to say him right now. And and for Cy Young, I mean, call me a homer because I am. Uh, but even though he hasn't pitched lights out, that's the crazy thing is he's not even pitching well. He's three and zero with a two five ERA, and that's Garrett Cole. Oh, dude, yeah. Uh, watching him, he's gonna get day. eight runs. He's gonna get eight runs a night in run support. That guy oh, yeah. can win fifteen games, you know. Watching him opening night, uh, my boss is a big Yankees fan. I just texted him. I said, if Garrett Cole loses a game all season, then something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy is – he's nasty. He's not even – and really, he's not even – he's even, like, warmed up. Uh, he hasn't looked great, but when you got that lineup behind you, it's hard to see him not just coast in this season. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I think you're completely right, Seth. Uh, I think Garrett Cole, he's my pick for Cy Young. Uh, I'm not a big baseball guy, but, I mean, he's been lights out. He he better not lose a game. I mean, I, I'm sold he's on He's going to have the support. Yeah, I mean, without run support, it's, I mean, he could have a four. His ERA could be four, and he might only lose two games all year, you know, exactly. with that lineup. So, yeah, it's hard to see him not piling up wins. Yeah, it's just a hyper offensive lineup. Um, oh my god, <laughs> it's exciting. Dude. I mean, it's it's very exciting for baseball because you're seeing a guy like Judge, who I think did he extend his streak today? I think was that five games mm. in a row. Uh, he had homers five five straight, and he had two in the fifth game. He hit the game winner in the eighth. Just both of them moonshots. You know, you know who that was against. Was it the Orioles? That would be the Orioles. I didn't pay attention to what pitcher was getting whiplashed looking up at where that ball went. I got to back it up here for a second with the the Joe Kelly pitch. Oh, yeah. I got to play devil's advocate for a bit. That was – holy smokes, you're talking about a career-ending throw. Like, like I get that the ass-ending – my understanding is very shallow – when it comes to like the the depth of what the Astros did, and I'm all for like, like you know giving them shit, but you got to think of like that. I mean that could have ended it for the guy, and it's not like that, that. I feel like there's a line that has to be drawn. Like yeah, I understand that you're pissed, and everyone is because you're in a shit organization. But like you, that was like uh, I don't know. I just feel like you can I do it in other ways. You, dude. Like. A 90-mile-an-hour fastball or whatever towards the dome, I get it. You're done, But at yeah. the same time, like, baseball has always been about one thing, and that is policing itself. I'll just say I feel you, but I'm not going to lose any sleep. I'm not going to cry any tears over that. Yeah, I guess I just have, like, a, I guess I just a poor understanding of – I mean, I, I get the concept. Well, I think a lot of people about. agree with you. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that would agree with you. That you yeah. know, put it in their back, put it in the back, like hit them the right way. I and I feel that. Um, but you know, I also understand that if you're part of the, an organization that feels like you should have a ring, and your career is going to be judged on whether or not you have one of those, it's a hard pill to swallow. Look at some guy flapping his gums up at the up at home plate, and you got a ball in your hand. Yeah, I'd hit him too. And if it hit him in the head, yeah. That's yeah, what they got helmets for. Yeah, I don't know. I just <laughs> hopefully I he's I'm, wearing a mask. 
just on the other side of the fence. Um, that's kind of this old school kind of code um, of policing itself. Um, kind of like hockey in the same way, because you don't have these like crazy punishments for, for that sort of behavior. So I do think there's an aspect to baseball historically um, where it's just way more accepted that they're going to police themselves, uh, whether right or wrong. Um, I just think that that's more the reputation of that sport. And to be fair, Joe Kelly's the same dude that this offseason had a 40-foot net in front of his house and completely missed the net and shattered his bedroom window. Oh, God. <laughs> that, yeah, that is him. <laughs> but to be fair, he might have been aiming for the back. One time, I have no idea where this ball is going. <laughs> Uh, and Seth, I'm with you, dude. Like, I'm a Cincinnati Red fan. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame, and he'll never will be because, you know, the baseball has non-written rules. The Astros should never step foot on the field for this year because of all this cheating scandal. But I'm just Hell a yeah. Reds fan, so. Well, no, you're right. I think that the biggest issue with this, I think Major League Baseball did the Astros zero service mm-hmm. uh, by not handing down – uh, punishment severe enough to satisfy the fan bases of those other teams. And in doing that, basically said, y'all take care of this. I love it. I love it. Uh, let's transition to basketball. Uh, I saw saw you have the big uh, Nuggets hat on, man. You, you're a Nuggets fan? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, big time for sure. Uh, Jordan fan all the way, you know, not even Bulls, just Jordan. Really. Um, but, yeah, Nuggets for sure. And then blessed enough, next to Jordan, uh, Iverson would be my fave. And luckily, he he ended up playing here. I played a pickup game with Alan Iverson one time. True story. That's how I was I, I was born in in D.C. And it was the year after. He had just graduated Georgetown. Uh, so it was like 96, 97. And I had gone back for this conference in uh, high school and we were, I just walked through my old neighborhood and it's down nearby the Georgetown campus. And I was playing a pickup game in the park with these two kids and this Lincoln Navigator rolls up and the kids, I was like, dude, that's, he got out. And I was like, shit, that's that kid from Georgetown. And, uh, he, I was like, what's going on? They're like, oh yeah, he comes here and balls. He goes like 50%. I was like, can we play with him? He goes, oh yeah, he'll, he'll play with everybody. Broke my ankles two or three times. It was like <laughs> it was incre- It was an incredible experience. The other dude, uh, what was his name? Jahadi Jeh- White. He played in the NBA. He was still at Georgetown. He's like six nine. Jesus, you would have thought he was the best player out there, though. Just rim rattling dunks on like sixteen year old white kids. It's like, come on, dude. Relax. Take it easy, man. <laughs> but yeah, so I love the Nugs. I love Iverson. I loved Mello. Um, big Jokic fan. Yeah. And Bull Bull now, Michael Porter Jr. We got a yeah. good squad. Yeah, that, that Nugget squad's looking dangerous. They're battling for that second seed in the West right now. Yep. Uh, I don't think anybody's yep. catching LeBron and the Lakers, but. No. That's... We'll catch them in the playoffs, though. Oh, I like it. I like it. But literally, that second through seven is only separated by two or three games. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It and really is tight in the West. Yeah, I mean, we got uh, Jamal Murray's out right now, the Blue Arrow. Uh, he's got a he, hamstring injury. It's like you're coming off four months of nothing, and 
you're still injured? Jesus Christ. Like, come on. We're playing – we got – Bull Bull was putting in minutes. That guy should not be playing the NBA yet. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's Boy, it's weird. Everybody's trying to – I work with a bunch of guys who like gambling on sports. I don't gamble on sports. And they're trying to bet on all these NBA games. I'm like, man – some of these teams are rolling out like five guys. Their entire starting five is over six ten. Like, <laughs> there's so many variables now. Like with these rosters that they have, uh, I was like, man, I can't imagine trying to bet on this shit. No, it's NBA is one I do not bet on, and I refuse to just because of all that. NBA and and UFC, I won't bet on. Yeah, it's just too many. Uh, it's just, just, I mean, I think I bet two fights ever in the UFC. The Diaz over McGregor won, and on the same card, Misha Tate over Holly Holm. Hey, that's a payday. I just saw the lines. In, in the East, it's a lot, I guess, farther separated. Um, everybody's kind of locked in minus the number one or the number two and three seed, Boston, Miami, Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the, the, the eight teams already picked. It's just kind of one or two positions juggling there. Uh, who's your pick to win it? Um, I'm at home it. I'm going to say Nuggs beat Lakers in seven in the Western Conference Finals, which is really the finals. Yeah. He's, I mean, I mean, Milwaukee is, Milwaukee is a great team. Um, and the East always seems to have that one Midwest team that like plays real, real nasty D, you know? And like, I remember the Bulls for a few years, um, were sort of that team. They're going to win 55 games. And, and just lock you down, average like 84 points a game. Yeah. Uh, Milwaukee plays real – Milwaukee's defense is – they're the only team to me in the East right now that could give any of the top five teams in the West a problem. Dang. I'm a, I'm a Celtics guy, so I always think my Celtics can, can make, nice. make a couple moves. They're, they're always – they always seem to find a way into that mm-hmm. picture in the East, so – you can never sure. count them out. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Dev and Tim, you guys stick with the original picks from a couple weeks ago? Yeah, uh, like like we've been saying, Lakers are are just dominating, and I don't see them yeah. slowing down. And, uh, yeah, the Bucks in the East are probably the only people that could do anything. Really, whoever wins the Western is, like Seth said, is, is pretty yeah, much the so. title game. Yeah, I'm going to stick with my picks. I know uh, the Clippers are having some issues right now. but uh, Yeah, they don't I, look good at all. Yeah, I, I see them pulling through. Uh, I just – I don't know. The Lakers, I just – I don't mind LeBron. I don't mind AD. It's just – it's kind of like the they're the favorite, so I have to rule, root against them kind of thing. I don't know. I, I don't oh, have yeah. an affinity to either team, but I just – let's go – let's stick with Clippers. And, of course, I think – Milwaukee's going to come out of the East. Uh, let's move on to to UFC real quick. Seth, yeah. I know Pure Spectrum is big in the UFC. You guys have signed more than a few fighters. Oh, I love it. It's one of my and faves. You say you don't bet on it, but I still want your picks here mm-hmm. um, for, for the fight coming up Saturday. We'll start. Uh, Lewis and Olenek, who you got? Uh, Lewis. Okay, uh, eventually. Oh, I mean, Lennox is such a, like, he's got, what, over 50 wins or some shit? But, yeah. I mean, Lewis is just, I mean, his takedown defense has 
finally kind of caught up some. So it's not really as nearly as much of a liability. And man, I tell you what, I mean, how many times does he have to like get dragged around and beaten down for three rounds, you know, and then in the last minute, just sleep somebody. Uh, I got to go with Lewis on that one. I, I'm with you all the way. He he's minus two fifteen on odds and only yeah. plus one eighty five. But I don't think he lasts too many rounds with him. I don't know. It's a lot of weight no. difference and a lot of power. Olenek's uh, uh, one of my favorite guys to to watch just because he, he, for whatever reason, I just see him being this just old man. It's just like a bar <laughs> fighter kind of guy. <clears throat> and uh, and Lewis is also one of my favorites. That post game or that post match interview. Uh, whenever my balls was hot, yeah, that was one of the that was one of the best sound bites of all time. But uh, I think I think for me, I would probably have to go to Lewis just because he's so powerful. And you saw him. I think that same fight, it like lasted until like the last second. He just KOs this guy. So um, I'm gonna go Lewis. Yeah, I'm gonna go Lewis too, simply because. Lewis has, I think, about 35 pounds on him. And I don't know much about MMA, but I, I like more weight. So we're going, Lewis. What the heck? Let me ask you guys your picks for Gaethje Khabib. Oh. Now that that's set up. Oh, gosh. I got to go Khabib. Anytime you tweet out that you're going to take him to the ocean and drown him, like I was like, that's one of the coldest lines I've ever heard. I like Khabib, man. I'm sold on him. Yeah, I'm going Khabib too. It was him who was he he was swimming in the Russian River. Was that right? Did I see yeah, the video? Wrestling, there's a video. Yeah, you've also seen a video of him wrestling a bear. As 13 yeah. years old. Double yeah, hundred percent Khabib. It's a man child there. I'm going with him. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you. When he was like. Uh, you know, he's like, I will take it into deep water and drown him in uh, Like, And the way he says inshallah at the end, which is like, means just God willing. He's like, I will drown, I will drown him inshallah. I was like, God, that sounds like a video that you would see on like Homeland or something. Like, yeah, I'm terrified. Uh, this dude is fucking A, man. I just, I, I don't know who can beat this dude. Like, no. Connor fucking can't. Mm-mm. I remember watching the, the behind the scenes of the Connor fight, and I'm like, after round two, he's smashing Connor's face in at the end of the round. He's like, why you no talk? Why you no talk now, little man? And like punching him in the face. And at the end of the round, he's like still up in his face. And you hear Connor say, he goes, it's just business, mate. But it's not to him. It's not. You insult my father, I kill you. <laughs> yeah, it's just a different culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he is not fighting for like money and shit. That dude is fighting because he's a warrior. Straight. That's pride. a different. Yeah. What I are think Gaethje's the, other the best, best matchup, but I don't. I still don't think that yeah. anybody's going to beat Khabib. Yeah, he's better than Connor at stopping the takedown. <laughs> right. Um, so I do. I agree with you. He's definitely the best we've seen. Well, that story reminded me of that Key and Peel skit. If you, if anyone's familiar with this, the two fighters who are are doing the interview and they're talking smack, and one starts bringing like his God into it, and the other guy's like, "Oh, yep. uh, 
oh, I don't, I, I, we're just fighting, right? And and then he goes missing, and he turned turned around, snaps his neck. <laughs> oh God! If you haven't seen it, anyone, all the listeners, go just YouTube it. It is hilarious. <laughs> the biggest fight in September. It's not even UFC. It's boxing. And it's right. not even a real fight. Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. This fight, if we clone them, put them both in their prime, hell yeah, let's do it. Uh, this one will have no judges. They haven't decided on the way of the gloves yet. I think it'll just be cool to watch them. There's supposed to be a 10-part documentary that Trailers came up with. They paid $50 million for the rights. I'm excited for that fight. Uh, just to see Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, I don't give a shit if they're 100 years old. Uh, I grew up in the 90s. <laughs> hey, okay. So, uh, Roy Jones Jr., favorite boxer of all time, hands down. Uh, I still remember all the hype leading up to him fighting James Tony, um, which was his first, finally, somebody who could test him. Um, I remember delivering papers that morning after that fight on my newspaper route and watching the highlights through one of my customers' living room window because she was watching sports. And it's a little <laughs> creepy. Uh, but that's how I saw that Roy had won. Um, and Roy, I mean, people I don't think really understand. If you take away his DQ loss to Montel Griffith, this dude would have been 50-0. and 0 yeah. With a heavyweight championship and 10 years as the light heavyweight lineal champion. That's pretty crazy. I mean, he's what sixty-eight and six, sixty-six uh, and nine. Tar- sixty-six and nine. Sorry. Uh, you know, Tarver, Tarver got him. That, but that was he had wiped out the light heavyweight division to the point he was fighting fucking security guards and shit. Man, yeah. half these guys had fucking jobs, and there was just no one left for him to fight. So he goes up in weight. Mm-hmm. There's a paper champ who's pathetic in John Ruiz who everyone forgets about. They're all, he Ruiz first Mexican-American champ. Nope. John Ruiz had won the championship, and Roy knew he was easy, and he went up in weight to win that WBC belt. But that ruined him, man. Going, yeah. Fucking with his weight. When he came back down, he was slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tarver exposed him. But here's the thing, man. Tyson, the last time Tyson was in a ring, he was mercifully stopped in the sixth round by a fucking tomato can named Kevin McBride. Uh, so I don't know. There's a lot of kids on Facebook getting real hype about some pad videos, some hit and mitt videos. And I'm not saying Mike Tyson could knock out me and a hundred of my friends with one shot, but I don't know. I think Roy is, uh, I think Roy is too fast for him still. Yeah. And since, they opened up when they announced the fight. Jones was minus 160. Tyson was plus yeah. 120. Uh, and then those videos got released. And all of a sudden, now Tyson's minus 350. And Jones is the underdog at plus 275, which is crazy. And they're using, they're using sparring gloves and headgear, I heard. Yeah, yeah. It's not official, but that seems to be the, the word around town. Yeah, yeah. So who knows? Who knows how even serious it'll be. But I'd pay for it. Oh, absolutely. Tyson's done a hell of a job in uh, campaigning for this to happen. Like, it's kind of like uh, you were saying, Seth, it's like you get these videos of him hitting this heavy bag, and you actually yep. just want to see, like, can can you actually translate that onto the ring and do, yeah. do shit with it? 
Well, and, and it's like, you know, he's going to make a shitload of money. Kudos. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Know? There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people who will pay to see that shit, and, including myself. And, you know, if you put out a pad video on Facebook and make $20 million, I don't know. Sounds pretty good to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I know we had a segment a couple weeks ago about this fight and, um, I, and I'm, I'm blanking on the name of Mike Tyson's charity organization, but he had mentioned that uh, most, if not all of the, the earnings for whatever exhibition fight at that time would take place would be going to his, uh, his community center. So I don't know how much he's pocketing, but I think it's going to be, they're projecting like $50 pay-per-view. So yeah, they're going to, they're going to make Buku cash and I hope it just gets used for, you know, whatever good to help other people out. Also, it's really interesting. Like, I don't think we've ever seen two elite boxers at their age, like fight. Like, I guess just from like a medical sports rehab perspective, I wonder, you know, what, I mean, obviously they beat the tar out of each other when they're in their primes, but what happens like if you age the body about 30 years and and see what happens, you know, round two, three, four, see, seeing how their bodies react to actually taking some blows. I know it's not like a, it's just an exhibition, but it's definitely going to be interesting because this is like, this is new, I think, for everyone. This is a sports medicine's wet dream. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Devin, you got some, we'll put Seth on the hot seat for some trivia real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so, I totally, you know, everybody likes to, uh, you know, say they're an expert on stuff, but then to hear you named who hit the ball that uh, <laughs> I just feel like these are going to be, these are going to be breezy. Oh, don't, don't be so sure, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we'll start it off kind of like, which player had the most RBIs from 1990 to 1999? These are Albert Bell, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Ken Griffey. Barry. It is actually Albert Bell, despite not becoming an everyday player think, until 91. Yeah, I didn't think Bell played long enough in the 90s to have done that. Damn, good. Wow. All right, moving on. Which pitcher had the most wins from 1990 to 99? And the options are Randy Johnson, Roger Clemens, Tom Glavine or Greg Maddox? Maddox. Yep, you would be correct. Maddox yeah. won 176 games and four NL Cy Young Awards during the night. Where was? All right, question three. In 1990, the Minnesota Twins became the first team in baseball to accomplish which of the following? They hit nine home runs in one inning, used 12 pitchers in the same game, had two triple plays in the same game, or stole 14 bases in the same game. Use 12 pitchers. They actually, in July 17th, against the Red Sox, they had two triple plays in one game. God dang. Yeah. yeah. That, that is that absolutely been, that Let's see. Just to show you how, like, yeah, stats just are here and there. It's like I can probably tell you the third baseman on that Twins team. <laughs> it was Kent. It was Kent Herbeck, and Gary Gaetti was on that team too. Kirby Puckett, 
Jack Morris. Yeah, they won a World Series. Oh, it's wild. But I can't right. tell you they turned two triple plays. <laughs> 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 well, we'll move. We'll move back into this. This one's not multiple choice, but it has the name in it. Barry Larkin was selected as a shortstop in eight All-Star games during the 90s. With which team did Larkin play his entire big league career? Cincinnati Red. Oh, yeah, that, that's correct. <laughs> that is yeah. correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, boy, he was good, man. Shit. Talk about consistent. Last question for the trivia. The decade of the 90s was brought in with some major league firsts. The Pirates' Barry Bonds, who won the National League MVP, was the first player in history to hit 300 with 30 home runs and 50 stolen bases. Nine other hitters were thrown in the season for the first time in history. Finally, George Brett was the first player to win batting titles in three different decades. Which team did Brett win all these batting titles with? Ken Ross. One of the years the- he batted three – one of the years he batted 390 and is to date the closest person to hitting 400 since Ted Williams. I believe that was in 85. Dang. You'd yeah. be correct. Brett was great. <laughs> yeah, he's first baseman. He's still part of the he's still part of the Royals organization. I got one one last trivia question for you. Uh, the boys, I, I told this to him last week. I asked him to him. Um, so I'm putting you on the spot here. All the cereal mascots, every every mascot's on a cereal box. Who would win in a death match? Go, fellas. We're going with Sir Charms, also known as the Lucky Leprechaun from Lucky Charms. Ooh, beat uh, to death with a fucking shillelagh. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> the thing is... He can't be caught. Has the kids have the kids ever caught this guy? No. So good luck catching him. Yeah, that's there. a strong pick. Yeah, and God, he's just, strong. They got horror movies about leprechauns. Yeah, he's gonna <laughs> cut you to death. He's gonna cut you to death with his wand. So I'm going with Sir Charms. Yeah. Uh, mic drop. Sorry guys. Game over. That's that's a strong bro. That's strong. Tim, me and you have just been right on the same page. I was going. The exact same thing, Lucky Charms, mascot, Leprechaun, you're never going to catch him, and he is just going to destroy you as he runs away laughing with the rainbows just spouting out of his asshole. <laughs> well, I mean, unfortunately for y'all, uh, Count Chocula would be a vampire and therefore undead, I believe. Uh, so enjoy. You may not be able to catch the little Leprechaun running around, but he's got all the time in the world, and eventually he's going to, and he's going to suck every blood, every single drop of blood out of that little leprechaun and leave him a pasty, pasty, white, ginger, dead leprechaun <laughs> with a worthless shillelagh, and he is crowned the champion by murder. Count Chocolate. Wow. I got Holy serious. That got deep. <laughs> Parker, who you got? <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I can top that. Uh, I'm, I, I was thinking the same thing, though, Seth. I was thinking uh, the booberry, the, the ghost off of uh, the booberries. He's a ghost. He can't die, and he just kind of emerges anywhere. So uh, that was my yeah, thought. But he's blue, yeah, yeah, but he's like blueberries. I don't know. He seems like kind of <laughs> God, a winner of week, winner of the weakest pick. 
partner <laughs> coming, coming in coming in fourth, bro. That sounds about right. My original was Captain Crunch, and then I was like, uh, he's gonna yeah, I was floating with I was floating with Rice Krispies because I'm like, those three little motherfuckers look like they team up, you know? That's three like, on one. Yeah. 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 So I was like, I was thinking numbers, but then once I was like, oh, no, I'm dead. It's hard to go over that. Yeah, I saw I saw like a, a Reddit post one time about the same thing, and so I said the tricks rabbit would for a hundred percent be the first one to die. The moron couldn't even steal from kids, let alone go <laughs> off an attack on a fellow serial mascot. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he goes first for sure. That little fucker, he just seems annoying too. Yeah, <laughs> he's everybody's grudge kill. <laughs> Well, boys, that'll do it. Seth, thank you so much for hopping on, man. <laughs> thank you, bro. Absolutely. Uh, I'll make sure Alex circles around and gets everything finalized with you guys. Uh, but, yeah, congratulations. Thanks for being a part of it with us, too. Super excited about uh, moving forward with this relationship. I had a great time with you guys. Absolutely. Uh, awesome. Thanks, Seth. Thank so yeah, it was much. great. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, that was Seth Wagner from Pure Spectrum. Ladies and gentlemen, thank hey. you. Yeah. Woo! Woo! All right, see you, boys. Later, man.